Josie's in Holloway, and in Dartmoor there's her Uncle Jim, and her dad runs a pirate radio ship, but she never talks about him. What a world. The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. I think Jackal's a Latino, I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another exciting episode right here live on psn-radio.com. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. I'm Angel Espino, the host, and of course we're being carried by the world famous SoFloRadio.com and Global Enlightenment Radio Network. I want to welcome all my listeners to another beautiful evening on October 11th. 2020. The days keep creeping up to election night. I hope everybody's having a good time and uh, staying COVID-free, which is the most important thing. We need you guys on November 3rd to go out there and hammer that vote. So please, relax, stay indoors, do your thing, have fun, but stay healthy. We need you. I have a, uh, a good show for you tonight. I have a lot of uh, clips I want to get to, some news, uh, a couple announcements that I want to make in a little bit. I'm going to be joined uh, by a young lady who's uh, been on the network before. I, I think this might be her first voyage into the Jackal's Head. Officially, maybe. I'm not sure. How, you know, I've, I've done a lot of shows, folks. Can't tell, but Sonia is going to be in the house within the next uh, 25 minutes before we go on a quick break. And she's going to join me for some news. And, uh, you know, I, I love having friends on to go over information and news and, and get their perspective of what's happening and uh, see what, you know, their input is from their neck of the woods. And she is a Trump supporter, which is, of course, what we hear on this show right now are, are really focusing on because yes my friends the upcoming election is going to be probably without a doubt right now the most important election at least of my lifetime i've been on this little blue marble for 20 i wish no no 30 no 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 i wish you know i'm a little older than that 42 years, folks. 42 years. And it feels a lot longer than that. It feels like you could double that, like 84 years. And that's kind of how I feel sometimes. But that's because of health issues. Uh, but it, you know, I've, I've been here for 42 years. Been in this country for 40 years. And I've seen elections come as a kid. I've seen them go as a teenager, uh, as an adult. And I could say without a doubt, in my lifetime, there has never been a more important election than the one coming up on November 3rd. So I want all my listeners, friends, compadres, comrades, and everybody in between the sheets right now with their significant others to please go out and vote. Very important. And Sonia's going to drop in, of course, her two cents on the whole subject and 
the matters that be when it comes to the world that we live in. So I look forward to having her on within the next 25 minutes. Uh, and uh, I want to actually give a shout-out to the show that was on earlier tonight, um, Kate, around the, the campfire with Kate. Really, really good show. I uh, hope you guys are tuning in and checking her out. It's an hour-long podcast. She uh, she has a lot of experience as a boots-on-the-ground type of person when it comes to uh, a lot of the stuff that she covers, where it's military, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, conspiratorial, whatever you want to call it. It's uh, a really good podcast. Uh, again, an hour-long with Kate around the campfire. She had a very special caller, uh, actually really special dude, good friend, and, of course, he's the follow-up show here on PSN Radio. Mr. Kaiser himself called in because he had to drop in a couple cents uh, to the topic tonight, and uh, she was really hammering it out. She gave a, a biblical historical account which connects to what's happening these days, my friends. So, the podcast is up on SoundCloud, which, by the way, I do want to promote uh, heavily. If you guys have SoundCloud, you can go to SoundCloud.com and check out PSN Radio. All our uh, podcasts are up there for free. Uh, but again, if you guys just go to PSN-Radio.com, you could uh, go ahead and check out all our shows on there. They're all archived in there as well. And uh, big stuff happening on the network. Um, wanted to really uh, announce before I get on to uh, the network news, though. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. want to thank a few people who uh, have been contributing uh, really uh, on the network. And uh, wanted to uh, also address... Uh, an emergency, so to speak, for all the listeners. Uh, right now, the of course, you know, as everything is uh, kind of on a shutdown mode with uh, COVID-19, the Kung Flu, the Kung Fu virus that came from China. You know, we're all in, in crunch mode right now. I understand we're all, you know, having financial troubles uh, at the moment. And as everybody else, I'm feeling the crunch. And I've uh, a while back, I set up a Patreon page uh, to try to get contributions to help not only myself and the network, uh, but to help you know as it grows. Eventually, hopefully, help the uh, shows that are on the network. So, to all the listeners, please check out my Patreon page. Uh, check out patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino, and you'll find me on right there. Easy way also uh, to check it. Check out the page. If you go to my uh, main website, www.angelespino.com, that's A N G E L E S P I N O, espino.com. All one word, angelespino.com. And uh, you'll see a little tab on the right side that says Patreon. Click on that. We also have ways for uh, PayPal donations. You can check that all, that also on the uh, page. And, uh, you know, PayPal, Patreon, just uh, whatever you can chip in, it's greatly appreciated. I want to give, you know, really special shout-outs to uh, people who have been uh, really uh, showing their support. Uh, Starting off with Mac Maloney. Thank you, Mac, uh, for uh, your, you know, contribution to uh, the network. I really appreciate it. Uh, Kate. Made a, a very nice contribution as well. I want to thank her for her, her contribution. Uh, as always, uh, Kaiser, every uh, you know, he's been one of the 
longest Patreon on the uh, network for a long, long time now. So he's always uh, thanked, uh, thanked for his contributions. Uh, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber joined the uh, the contribution campaign for PSN Radio. And the one and only, the wolf himself, the compassionate one, Oscar Benjamin, just joined also on Patreon. So I want to thank those folks out for being true Patreons of PSN Radio and Inside the Jackal's Head. And uh, the more uh, people I get on there, the, you know, the shout-outs will continue and go to them every uh, Sunday show. And, uh, man, it's uh, something I really want to get, you know, uh, out there for the listeners to please, uh, you know, do any, any amount you can. I'm not asking you to bring, you know, break the bank or anything, but if you can chip in a few bucks, please do so. We're, you know, funded only by word of mouth, and uh, hopefully YouTube one day will let us monetize. But you know how that goes. YouTube is uh, catch-22, really. Monetize one day, dump the next. It's like my love life. You know, I'm here one day, and then she's gone the next. You know, it's all, it's... But uh, Patreon is pretty solid, so thanks uh, for those folks who uh, have joined on there. Again, we have Sonia coming up within the next uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, there's uh, a couple things I do want to get to, uh, which are just fascinating. But before I do that, I have a couple of big shows that I just booked coming up. And, uh, in fact, one of the ones that I just uh, managed to book is going to have me on his show. And this is an honor, folks. It really is. Because as anybody who's been listening to this show for a decade, minus the couple of years I took off because of health issues and personal stuff that I don't want to talk about because it's just, you know, sad. Uh, but as a lot of you that have been listening and following me for years and years know uh, that I'm a big, big, big believer, follower, and supporter of the Travis Walton experience, the, the case that happened in 1975, just two years before I was born. Remember, I, I'm a 1977th child, and uh, a couple of years before I was born, this uh, man went through this amazing experience uh, with a few of his logging buddies, and uh, I've been very fortunate to have Travis on a few times. I had Steve Pierce on, and now I'm going to be on the one and only Mr. Mike Rogers, Mike Heston Rogers, who is uh, probably Travis's, I would say, uh, at, the, at the time, maybe still, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they still are, but uh, they were uh, best of buds, and he was there the night that Travis was taken, and uh, he's going to be on my show, and I'm going to be uh, doing, I think I, it's going to be a pre-record, I believe, tomorrow at 11, so I don't think it's going to be live, but it's going to be on KGRA, and uh, shout-outs to Race Hobbs and all those uh, folks over there. It uh, should be an excellent show. He's a, a heck of a gentleman. I've been chatting with him on uh, Facebook earlier, and uh, I really look forward to having him on. Uh, really fascinating case. You know, that's one of the, the ones that got me excited. I still remember as a kid when I would, you know, uh, really start kind of uh, digging into the whole UFO stuff, and I saw that movie, and it just fascinated me ever since. So uh, getting him on and having three of the members that were there, is just a dream, 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 dream come true. It really is. Uh, I said it a long time ago. The, the the folks that I really wanted to interview more than anybody else. There was a list of them, and 
in that list included, uh, of course, everybody on the uh, Fire in the Sky. Uh, not the movie, but the actual people that were there. The actual people that experienced what Travis went through. Uh, that was tops on my list uh, because, again, that story is what captivated me and really got me into the entire subject. That and the experiences I had in California where I saw my first UFO. And uh, ever since then, and what I've uh, experienced after hours and hours of uh, goofing off in the uh, middle of nowhere and just sky-watching with friends and stuff over the years, it's uh, become a passion. Of course, you guys follow the Skywatchers radio podcast that I used to do with Alan and Crystal. and We did that for, what, three years, I believe? And uh, that was a heck of a good show. We did that on uh, Dark Matter Digital Network, also here on PSN Radio. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, you know, doing that show because we got to deal with a lot of people in ufology. And uh, I think we probably went through, like, everybody. All the big, I mean, other than Bob Lazar, I mean, I don't know who we missed uh, within ufology. We had just about everybody on there. And uh, shout-outs to uh, Seth Allen Weiler, my old co-host. He, he really wants to bring that show back, but he's been so busy. He was, you know, considering how we've all kind of been locked down and shut out because of this uh, Kung Flu, he's actually been very, very busy. I mean, I don't know how he does it, but the man's like a money-making machine, and you know, he, he still hasn't contributed to the Patreon. I'm going to have to send him a email and say, what's up, man? What gives? Contribute, man. Contribute. But he wants to uh, hop back on on the uh, Sky Watchers one day, and uh, maybe we'll uh, bring that show back. I'm not, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm waiting for him to tell me he's ready to go. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do it. It's up to him now. Now, I do have a, a clip uh, that I want to get to before I do bring in uh, Sonia onto the show. We start going over some uh, news and... Uh, I start asking her a couple uh, really personal questions. Uh, one of the clips I wanted to uh, get to is this really, I would say, interesting admission by one Mr. George Soros. And I know a lot of you are fed you know, misinformation by the left on the fake news media when they tell you, oh, George Soros is a nice guy. There's nothing to see here. Take a, a good listen to this uh, little audio I'm going to play. And you tell me if this sounds like a nice guy. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's all there. And a, a lot of folks are starting to wonder if maybe he's behind the riots, the looting, and a lot of the stuff that we're facing in the country right now coming up to the upcoming election. So, listen to this. It was actually probably the happiest year of my life, that year of German occupation. For me, it was a very positive experience. It's a, a strange thing, you know, because you see incredible suffering around you, and, and in fact, you are, you are in considerable danger uh, yourself. But you're 14 years old, and you don't believe that it can actually touch you. You have a belief in yourself, your belief in your father. It's a very happy-making, exhilarating experience. While hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps, George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds, confiscating property from the Jews. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. 
you're a Hungarian Jew mm-hmm. who escaped the Holocaust mm-hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't you don't see the connection, uh, but it was it created no no problem at all. No feeling of guilt. No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish, uh, and here I am watching these people go. I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets, that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would, 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 would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you religious? No. Do you believe in God? Now, I'm not religious, uh, I'm agnostic myself, but uh, just think about what he said there. I mean, he really had uh, no sympathy for the uh, the folks who uh, were slaughtered uh, by Hitler. So, you know, looking at what's coming up in the uh, election, uh, you have to really wonder if this person who worked with the Nazis directly... Uh, is uh, behind a lot of the stuff that's happening because a lot of this stuff is Marxist, Nazi-like behavior that we're seeing in this country right now. And uh, coming up on the 18th, you know, this is something I want to address also with Mike uh, because you know he was part of an experience with uh, which is otherworldly. Uh, but I'm pretty sure he's going to have uh, you know some insight on how this all connects. I think everything is connected. I, you know, we had Steve Bassett on. And uh, me and Steve were talking about possibly disclosure happening soon. And he said, as close as maybe next year on April. And I think that might not be that off. I think he's pretty on point. And I think a lot of the stuff that we're facing now um, has to do with restructuring the planet uh, in a a weird way. And it might have to do with uh, maybe some of the entities that have been experimenting on us or maybe overlooking this planet 
so, you know, this is something that we, we're going to have to really address, I think, in the very near future. Unfortunately, the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about George Soros. They always throw the, the, you know, the veil over him like he's untouchable. Wonder why that is. We know the mainstream media cannot be trusted. They lie about everything. And uh, they just constantly lie, 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 lie. I mean, look how, you know, how much lying has gone on ufology, folks. I mean, they, they've covered up Roswell how many times now? You know, how many times have they not tried to debunk Travis, for example? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Look at Bob Lazar and how many times uh, he's been, uh, you know, attempted to be debunked over the years. And uh, nothing uh, stick. You know, nothing sticks when they try to debunk Travis or Bob Lazar or Roswell. You know, there's always other people that come forward and just they try to destroy uh, people's credibilities and lives because I do think there's something there and I think it's all interconnected. I think somehow uh, the the actions by Soros is all interconnected. So I'm really, you know, excited to to have a chance to ask uh, somebody who was there with Travis all about what he thinks is actually, uh, you know, uh, maybe interconnected. So, again, on the 18th, I'm going to be having Mike Rogers on the show here, and that's going to be awesome. And I'm going to do uh, his show tomorrow, and hopefully everything goes great and uh, smooth, and uh, we have an awesome show. On the 25th, following that, Nick Redfern has been confirmed to be on the show, and uh, Nick Redfern uh, has been on here before, and uh, he's a really interesting fellow. He's written more books than I've read in my entire life, and I wish I was kidding about that, but I probably am not. Uh, he's written a lot of books, folks, uh, but he's uh, uh, one of the big wigs when it comes to the world of ufology and paranormal. Uh, I mean, if if you want someone who's been there, done that, and have uh, has researched his butt off over the last 20 years, Nick Redfern is one of those guys. Uh, fascinating uh, gentleman. I've had him on, on, you know, a couple times now, and uh, every time he's on, it's just a, a great interview. So I'm really looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Again, next week, Mike Heston Rogers, and then after that, Nick Redfern, both on the show. And uh, the reason I, I, again, played that George Soros clip and I really wanted to lead off with that tonight is because that's really, I think, going to be a topic of debate for the next uh, few months as we're leading towards the end of the year and possibly having either Trump win and continue, you know, a positive, uh, you know, future for this country or have total takeover and we're going to see some very dark times. And I do think it's all interconnected. I think George Soros is interconnected with it. I think the alien agenda might be interconnected with it. And I think it all ties in together. And that's why we're all facing it now on 2020, which ironically enough is really, I mean, look at the, the year we've had. I mean, this has not been an easy year. We started the year off already with impeachment of the president. It's been like a soap opera back and forth with Congress, the Senate, the president. And then we got hit with the Kung flu. 
Uh, the Pentagon released, uh, you know, acknowledgement that UFOs are real, which a lot of people are like, well, we, we knew that already, but can you tell us more? And, uh, you know, I think there is more to come, guys. I think I really do believe that. And I think we're getting prepped for disclosure. And I think it's all part of the plan. Now, it can go either way. It could be a positive thing or it could be a negative thing. As we know, in Hollywood, they like to spice things up and make them horror-like. And they give you this terrible horror-ish, scary movie type of spin. And we, we get too much of that. So I hope it is a positive experience if they do come down and make themselves aware and we do get disclosure. If uh, it's negative, well, I mean, we're in for a heck of a next few months. Uh, if Trump wins, uh, you know, that's going to at least give me some ability to ration what might be happening because it rationale, you know, you really use logic and, and just pure, uh, you, you know, clear mind thought. There is no way that people out there cannot be looking at what's happening in the climate of what's happening with the left and not see the, you know, the rig that they're trying to put into this thing. I mean, from Nancy Pelosi now uh, trying to get the second or the 25th Amendment to try to oust the president. I mean, how ridiculous is that, folks? I mean, just that in itself is preposterous. You have uh, people like Cuomo talking, uh, Frito Cuomo, by the way, talking his nonsense. Uh, I have a couple clips I'm going to get to on that uh, with people just going off the hinges, folks. Uh, Keith Olbermann went off the hinges. It's amazing how, how... deranged some of these folks are i i just don't understand it it's ridiculous uh it's uh it's either they're all in on this everyone in the news media is literally in on whatever darkness is happening because i do think there's a a good and and a bad side to the whole thing and i do think again it's all connected to space somehow and uh to beings from other worlds that are controlling the narrative from their end. There might be a space war going on right now. We don't know. We really don't know. We don't know if there's maybe beings outside the planet that are controlling two different narratives. A good and a bad. I mean, why not? If some some of the, the talk that I've heard over the years that we're an experiment by aliens... Maybe there's more than one alien being. Maybe there is uh, something interdimensional or other, you know, other dimensional that has uh, been controlling us for eons. I mean, we don't know. All I know is that we're facing scary times, folks. Scary, scary times. And right now, it's no time to be messing around. But I'll tell you this much. We're going to go on break here, and I'm going to come back with Sonia. And I'm going to ask her a few questions, and I'm hopefully I'll get a few answers, and it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to play a couple clips and uh, all that good stuff. Now, one thing I do want to address before I go on break. I need everybody to set this on their calendars immediately. Go to your calendars right now and pencil this down. Okay, October 23rd through the 25th, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, well, that's... uh my standard time so remember folks this is going to be both 
virtual and in person. So I'm giving you a little time here to get a pencil or a pen and a pad and write this down. Alexis Park All Suite Resort, hosted by Alchemy Event. The one and only Katie Kamara from Global Enlightenment Radio Network is going to be there. And she's going to speak at the Biomed Expo in Quantum Consciousness. Again, October 23rd, 24th, and 25th, coming up in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you want to watch it virtually or in person, you could do both. So if you want to do that, check this out. You go to www.biomedexpo.com for more information. If you're in Vegas, it's going to be at the All Suite Resort, address 375 East Harmon Avenue, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89-169. And again, it's going to be both in-person and virtual. She's going to be there in person, and uh, you can see her also virtually by going on the website biomedexpo.com. Tickets are available currently if you go there right now. The live streaming is about 39 bucks per ticket. And uh, it says New Humanity Movement and the 5D event for our planet. So check that out. The Expo Conference and Professionals are consumers. And now uh, the 5D with the five dimension of science, consciousness, health, business, and spirituality invites you to their 24th epic three-day event. Medicine, science, technology, consciousness, and environment. Now, this is, uh, they've had past events. Uh, they're going to talk about, of course, the big elephant in the room, COVID-19. It's going to be a part of the Environment Expo following the CDC guidelines and the state of the Nevada mandate for the safe events. They do offer their best to assure that a healthy environment and protection for all attendees. As you know, that's the big elephant in the room, guys, and you will be protected. So don't worry. You're covered. Everything's going to be sanitized for your pleasure so you can enjoy it and have as much fun over in Vegas watching the event. And remember what happens in Vegas. It stays in Vegas. Unless you don't want it to, then you, you totally told everybody, well, you know, you, whatever you want. It doesn't really uh, matter at that point. It's really up to you. You know, if you do slips, if you want to sing ships, that's your business. But until then, make sure you bookmark that again and check out the uh, event. Again, folks, it is website. Remember, www.biomedexpo.com. And this is the Biomed Expo and Quantum Consciousness event hosted by Alchemy Event. And the one and only Katie Kamara is going to be there. And uh, with me now is the one and only, the lovely... No, wait, that, no, she, 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 she's not going to be here. So, I'm sorry. The very tight... All right, I'm hanging up. <laughs> I know she doesn't sound as feminine as she should, uh, but no, we we actually don't have Sony on the line. We have the one and only Mr. Steve Roberts. Thank you for being on, my friend. Last minute. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> what did we just have? Like 17 minutes left, or what's going on? Yeah, actually, I want to you know I wanted to bring a friend on this week for the uh, last segment of the first hour. Uh, to talk a little politics, and uh, Sonia couldn't make it on, so I was like, let me hit Steve. Mm. I know he's always into the, the whole political <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, Keith Oberman, remind me if I'm uh, mistaken, isn't he a sportscaster? 
you know, you would think that sports and politics just should stay away from each other. <laughs> right, right. Apparently, everybody who's in sports now is a politician. Um, you know, we've we've talked about Joe, you know, LeBron, and uh, as I like calling him, La China. Uh-huh. And, and how, you know, he's, uh, of course, joined the uh, China team and completely has uh, left America for, for good, I hope, one day. Uh, but it seems <laughs> that every sports athlete now we have is somehow in, into politics, and every uh, person on ESPN is into politics. Yeah, and Keith Olbermann, once upon a moon, did sports. And yeah. he's always been annoying, uh, but now he's going... The, into the deep end, Steve. Deep, deep end. Claiming yeah. that not only the president is a terrorist, but everybody, including uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who just got appointed to the Supreme Court justice, is an enabler and a terrorist. And they all should be expunged from society. And that all his supporters should be expunged from society. I mean, that sounds to me like Marxist uh, Hitler language. That's genocide. That's like, what, 63, 64 million people that voted for the president? Yes, yes. Well, that, that also included Kathy Griffith, who uh, stood in front of the cameras with a, a, a decapitated facsimile of uh, Donald Trump with blood tripping down the the uh, the neck and and uh, the ears and eyes and, and nose and all that stuff you know that that also included her and there's quite a few other so-called celebrities that have uh, done this same thing the last four years but you know we're not supposed to notice that <laughs> yeah no recall, it, it, it's it's like the uh, the riots and the looting it's peaceful protests. Yes, yes, of course. I do remember most of the 70s, uh, all of the 80s. Some of it's kind of foggy, I understand. understand. Oh, it was kind of foggy. (laughs) I I do remember that. uh, (laughs) It was a good era, those two two decades. They were good eras. (laughs) There was a time where where people would go to a concert or, or something, you know, Maybe it was a, one of those award shows. Uh, if somebody got political, people in the audience listening to a concert would just start shouting, shut up and sing, shut up and sing. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like people do that anymore. Um, we got Taylor Swift. Yep. Her her main listening audience is... is you know, predominantly rednecks, people that love country. Um, not saying so much racist or anything like that, but uh, you know, um, country and western. There, there typically are not a whole lot of uh, minorities that that listen to that type of music. Um, minorities do are enticed by the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, the the uh, Latino community. Community has a lot of its own music, and and the black communities have a lot of their own music, and uh, the Democratic Party seems to like to pan, pander to that. That 
leaves a lot of people out in the cold, you know? You know, I, I understand what you're trying to get at. Um, I'm trying to find a way to navigate through that without sounding racist. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause well, I, I, I see how hard that was for you, and I completely uh, I, I appreciate where you came at it. Uh, but I'll tell you this much. Uh, Taylor Swift and a lot of folks in Hollywood have completely gone off the deep end. So I don't even think it's a country music thing anymore or even a, a, an issue of who her base is. A lot of these folks are so rich and out of touch, they don't care about their base. Um, that's another, one thing. Another group that comes to mind about 20 years back was the uh, the uh, D- Dixie Chicks did that same yes. type of a thing. And they, but the, the difference almost, is they got like blackballed when they would spoke yeah, against... Well, uh, not some... I don't know if you would call it blackball. It's just people just uh, took their CDs and smashed them up against the walls. And, and they said they didn't really want to hear that. But it was funny because they were going against Bush, right? That was the big thing. Yes. Dixie yes. Chicks against Bush. Go figure. You know, that's... In itself, it's a joke. But anyway, I mean, they're just some chicks who sing. They're called the Dixie Chicks. You know, like how much brains can really be operating that you know mechanism? But they were against Bush, who I'm no fan of. The funny thing is, neither is Trump, and Bush isn't a fan of Trump. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. Dixie Chicks are against Trump, and they're against Bush. I mean, I mean they're also in the league of their own yeah. stupidity. But Tyler Swift, you know, you know, it's funny because I have heard her speak, and uh, she just sounds like the same narrative that a lot of the leftists in Hollywood are. Are spewing against the president. And well, you know, it, 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 it's all concocted by the media. Sure. I, well, yeah, bringing up the media, Angel, um, there have been quite a few movie stars, celebrities, and then and, uh, singers and stuff like that that have, that the media has tried to set them up. Uh, you know, where, where they try to get a little sound bite. Uh, who are you supporting in this in this election or whatever? And uh, there's been a lot of people that told them to go flip themselves over, go pound sand. No, they weren't going to buy that kind of a thing. Correct. They weren't even going to answer that kind of stuff. I think if if uh, somebody really doesn't want to get political, they they should do something like that. But the, the problem is, I think, is money more than anything else. Uh, and also is one of these things where there's so many people in within Hollywood, within the media that are controlling the demographic of what people see, and they, they know that they can program the mass population by putting, of course, stuff on TV, Internet, music, and uh, that's how we, you know, we've been programmed and conditioned over the last hundred years through those entertainment outlets, or as uh, a lot of folks, are, you know, know it as what it is, a distraction from the reality. And, you know, people take a lot of these artists to value, like if their word means something, right? And if you condition the right artist, you have a whole base right there for you. And I think a lot of these artists are getting given so much money, they they have so much power in their mind, because really it's stupid to think that if this country becomes communist, Steve, or socialist, or whatever the rabbit hole ends up in, that they're going to get to keep their money. 
This is how stupid these yeah. people are. Yes. They think that, oh, yeah, we're going to destroy the dollar, and then we're going to be wealthy beyond our dreams. Well, stupid, you really think you're going to get to keep your money? Well, you, you see, that? there's a, that's, a double-edged, <laughs> that's a double-edged sword there, uh, Angel. Um, you see a lot of billionaires all around the world that are financing these socialist and communist movements, and these, well, they're also Marxist movements. Marxist right. movements also. Um, and I really have to question, I do question why they are funding these movements. Because when you look at it on paper, communism is all fuzzy and uh, fantastic for the little guy. And it yeah. supposedly is supposed to scare the the billionaire away or the or the millionaires. But it doesn't seem to be. It seems to be the opposite. Uh, you know, the, um, well, let's just say Ber- Bernie Sanders and um, Joe Biden. They have been on record for quite a few years that they want a Venezuelan type of socialism. But yeah, yeah. Ven- Venezuela isn't a socialist nation. It's a communist nation. Yeah. They don't even know the language. They don't know the language. That's the problem. They they say one thing, but they don't know what it actually means. Right, right, right. And (laughs) and then you have other so-called progressive leftists that point to uh, Switzerland and Sweden Mm -hmm. as a socialist nation. As a socialist nation, and we should uh, implement those types of um, uh, economic policies, but. Sweden, uh, Denmark, Switzerland, they're not really technically socialist nations. They are more free market, socialist light, if you will, type of a nation. They uh, tax heavily, but um, the social programs are... are, uh, Predominantly taken out of the, well, the middle class and and the rich, and uh, it does give a lot to the poor. Mm. Not that there's, not that there's a lot of poor over in those nations, but that's. Yeah, but also remember, there there are a lot smaller nations in the U.S. and yes. Uh, yes. they have a lot less population, a lot less issues to deal with when it comes to uh, homelessness, crime. And, uh, you know, we have so much happening in America, it wouldn't work They've also legalized drugs over there, a lot of the nations Yes, yep. All drugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've uh, decriminalized it, legalized it, and they control the the drug. You uh, control the drug, you can control the uh, addict. They get their methadone, they get their methadone shots every every few days or whatever the case is and uh you know the crime it the crime is quite a bit lower it, it is because everybody's stoned <laughs> it's just the way it works <laughs> yeah, people well, are like yeah we want to go and uh, rob somebody but i'm in i am a little too high that last doobie was fabulous <laughs> you got a soda and some chips that'd be great and then right. that pretty much ends the uh, the robbery right there. Uh, you, you know, we, we're about to pass, uh, I think, a bill 
uh, Steve, uh, in the uh, at least is they're trying to push this here in Florida. I don't know if it's going to be a federal uh, bill, but I know here they've been talking about it for the last year to completely open and legalize uh, the use of cannabis. And I know that uh, you know they've gone on record saying that's uh, something that might happen in, in the overall scheme of things. Uh, you know, Trump hasn't really opposed it. You know, he doesn't really care about cannabis. I don't know if, if I would legalize all drugs. But I think cannabis is one of those you could legalize. But my biggest agenda uh, isn't even with the drug use or anything like that. Because, you know, the drug traffic is, you know, one of the big issues uh, concerning the the issues on this planet is uh, if, you know, countries start to legalize drugs, then the trafficking of drugs either goes away completely because now you just manufacture it in your own country. You don't have to traffic it anywhere. And that's another issue that might face uh, the people that are, you know, pushing drugs illegally uh, to, you know, want to, like, start more wars worldwide. I mean, who knows? But the the thing I was talking about earlier on the show, and uh, I just booked uh, for next week uh, Mike Rogers, who is part of the Travis Walton experience, and uh, Nick Redfern following him in the next uh, week following that. And I had Steve Bassett on a, a couple of weeks back. And the reason I'm having a lot of these uh, UFO guys is because I really do believe that alien disclosure is right around the corner. And I think this entire year, considering we had the Pentagon UFO footage come out, considering the turmoil the country is in, uh, everybody fighting, the you know everything that's going on, I think it all ties in, and Steve yeah. Bassett uh, gave me a really interesting date. He said by April of next year, he believes disclosure will happen. And yeah. I, you know, looking at my own research over the last few years, talking to people, reading stuff online. Of course, you know that's uh, you know grain of salt. You whenever you read anything online, but seeing the climate of the planet, I don't think he's that far off. I really mm-hmm. don't. I think you might be right on, right on the on the head on this one, because we, you know, remember in this country, and particularly in this country, at least for the last uh, couple hundred years, every first twenty, thirty years of the new century, a major change happens in the country. We had the Industrial Revolution uh, the last century where the Wright Brothers took flight. Uh, you know, we had the World Wars. Uh, we had a lot of things that happened. The cars became more and more usable uh, where we weren't, you know, in need of horse and carriages anymore. Even though it makes for a good rap song, horse and carriage. But anyway, it's, uh-huh. not, it's not good for the actual world when you can get from point A to point B a lot faster in a vehicle. So cars became more prominent and, you know, society changed. I think that's the big change coming up is the technology keeps expanding and we get that disclosure moment. Uh, what do you think about that and how it all might tie in? Well, I'd like to digress for just a minute on on, on on the one subject you brought up just a couple of minutes ago, the the, um, the marijuana, the the legalization of, of marijuana. Um, I I recall maybe uh, a half a dozen strains forty years ago when I was a teenager. <laughs> I think there was the uh, I think there was the the Hawaiian, there was a Colombian, there was the uh-huh. uh, uh, yes. Afghan. Yes. Um, I I wasn't a great kind of sewer, but uh, you know there was only maybe a half a dozen strains back. And you had your ago. regular your regs, as they would call it. 
Yes, yes, yes. Don't, don't forget that. Um, now, I believe last count, they have over 220 different strains. These are all... Um, Delicious. Laboratory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're laboratory. They're laboratory manipulated. They're they're laboratory uh, genetic strains. Um, who is to really say what someday they might not do to some of these strains? Uh, you know they they've had these so-called in air quotations accidents that have happened. You know. Who's to say some sort of an accident won't happen? And uh, actually, marijuana could kill a lot of people someday with an accident. But I just, it's really bugging me what they're doing. Um, I have widely believed, and a lot of others have widely believed, that the police all over the nation run the run the local drug rings. The CIA runs the drugs into America. That's been practically proven for the last 30-some-odd years with all of these, uh, you know, these CIA personal planes crashing with Mm -hmm. two tons of cocaine in them, five tons. Yep. The, you know, it's a joke. The CIA is called the cocaine import agency a lot of people don't even know that but uh yep um well back in the 80s i mean that was, that was a big thing steve not to cut you off sorry about that but uh i just wanted to get this point in there back in the 80s i mean that there was a lot of people in the hood as we call it uh who openly said that they were pumping drugs into the hood to you know, destroy yeah, the, 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 yeah, the population. I interviewed Rick Ross, the, not the rapper, the, the real Ricky freeway Ross. Ricky yeah. Ross, yeah. And uh, he told me point blank that, yeah, the government was in on it. Uh, the, they were pumping drugs into the hood to really destroy the population of the African-American. And this is something that went on for years and years. And not just the African-American population, but we're talking about Latinos, minorities in general. They were really Mm -hmm. pushing to, you know, endearing towards uh, those folks. And uh, that makes uh, sense considering we had also crime bills that were targeted for minorities and and mostly uh, African-Americans. Of course, Joe Biden led in a lot of those bills. And uh, really tore uh, how many uh, hundreds of families destroyed the uh, the black father figure in homes, and a lot of what we're yes. seeing today were with the anger. Uh, I think in the black community comes because they have that lack of a father figure. A lot of folks who grew up without a father, and uh, you know, you want to say what you want to say, but you do need that mother and father figure in the house that are strong. Uh, that it can really, you know, raise a child right. It's not just about pumping the baby out. It's having correct, you know, parenting to condition yeah. the child correctly. If you don't have that, yeah. you you end up with what we're having now. Yeah, let's just take the black communities as, as far as the uh, the father in the home, mother and father in the home. Um, the the black family that does stay together, predominantly eighty five percent does better and the kids are uh, the kids are less violent they are Correct. better citizens. yeah yeah 
I mean, one case is Candace Owens for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's she's a fabulous speaker and uh, lovely woman. She had a great family, great upbringing, and uh, you know, she's a very smart uh, woman and she you know knows exactly what's happening in, in the world. But I think that again goes what we're saying. She had a strong family unit and they there's been a destruction of the family unit in this country for years and years and i think all that's part of some weird conditioning to really turn the planet negative and, and to destroy the infrastructure of what made america great well it was it was both um karl marx and his co-writer of his book um I'm trying to remember his name. Engel. I think that was his name. In- Engel uh, Humperdinck? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them wrote to, uh, first you have to destroy the family unit, then you can destroy the nation. First you, first yep. you destroy the family unit, then you mm-hmm. destroy God, and then you can destroy the nation. I think uh, that was actually their quote, quotes. Back in the, you know, back in the 1870s, they wrote that. And how right they are, and look, it's happening now. But it doesn't shock me, because, I mean, look at everything we're seeing. It's a a complete play off the Marxist agenda that even Hitler was following. Uh, So this is nothing new. You you, you you destroy the God, you destroy the family figure, you destroy the infrastructure, you take away the rights to bear arms, you completely remove... The uh, you know the 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 environment that people are accustomed to, and you make it so that you know they believe that they need this change because it's so evil in the world they live in. Which uh, folks, uh, we're not in a if we were in such a bad country before Trump and before Obama. Why did so many people want to come to this country and seek asylum here? Uh, if it's yes. such a bad place, uh, you know, I go back to myself, uh, for example, Steve, because I'm Cuban by birth and uh, I died on the way here. I was revived luckily enough, uh, within about eight, 10 minutes as we were landing. And, uh, I literally was out of breath, not conscious for at least maybe a good five, eight minutes. I don't know exactly how long, uh, but I was literally revived by paramedics as we were getting off the boat back in 1980. And this is a true story. Uh, and I luckily suffered no brain damage, even though some of my ex-girlfriends will tell you differently. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but, you know, we came to this country, my mother, my brother, myself, you know, we all came to this country to seek a freedom and a, and a difference from what we had in Cuba, which was communism. I was uh, one and a half, almost two years old at the time, so I have no memory of Cuba, but I've been told what it was like and how horrible it got when socialism, communism took over. And there's no difference. The two lead to the same thing, and they all come under the same ideology. They all come at it from yes. a Marxist uh, view, which is something that all is going back to Hitler. See, Hitler's agenda against the Jews was, of course, to eradicate the Jews. He wanted to create a uh, a perfect race, correct? But that's his view of what he wanted to do with Marxism. doesn't mean that it's just a white thing. Marxism can be flipped around. It can be used by Latinos, blacks, Asians, yeah. Yeah. like yeah. China. 
mm-hmm. for example. Uh, they can use the same exact uh, methods. Yeah, North Korea. I mean, they can use the same exact methods that Hitler used and flip it on the world. And people uh, who might not think oh, there's no way that could happen. Only the whites uh, get to be communists and socialists. The rest of the world, no. They're stupid because they don't understand that's exactly what's happening. In fact, with Black Lives Matter, the organization, the creators, flat out said that they're Marxists. And there is a black woman who said it. And she said, yeah, yeah. we follow the yeah. Marxist um, ideology. They're Marxists. <laughs> I think it's actually been changed a few weeks back, two or three weeks back. But there was a time where you could get on your computer or, or your smartphone. It didn't really matter. And uh, you could type in Antifa.com. And uh, there's the donate button there. You, you, would, you would hit the donate button, and it would go directly to um, Joe Biden's campaign. Hiding Biden. The, yeah. Hiding Biden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so vir- virtually, who knows how much of that money that got uh, donated to Antifa actually went to. Went to Joe Biden. Don't really know. That's, yeah, that's correct. And that's why I, I said it for a long time that I do think that he and a lot of the people that are running his campaign from behind the scenes, because, you know, he's not all there mentally. And, you know, he's up there in age. He's, what, almost 80? If not 80 already. 78, yeah. 78, right? Yeah. So he's pushing 80. Uh, after two years, yeah. he's going to be 80, 90. You know, I mean, he's not, a, you know, that's 10 years so, away, man. Not everybody makes it to 90. So, you know, that's 12 years away from now, in two years. How much is going to be left? What I posted in the last two weeks. Oh, Can there's been a lot. Which one? Which one? Um, you know, I think I think he's still 77, Biden, but I think if he were to be elected, he would be 78. Yeah, he'd be the, the oldest president got, ever. He would get on, inaugurated, yes. Yep. Um, I... I and a lot of people don't actually see if he were to be elected ever fulfilling his first term. They would force him out yep. because he would be deemed mentally unstable or just uh, a mental case. They would force him out, and that would put Kamala Harris as the 46th president. Oh, and uh, Yes. That, that would also put Nightmare. Nancy Pelosi... Nancy Pelosi as vice president. Think about that for a second. Not well, not necessarily. You know, Kamala could appoint a vice president, and uh, actually, I was thinking about that earlier. And uh, here's something that, that'll make you uh, a little scared, uh, maybe a little bit more scared than having a Nancy Pelosi as vice president. What if Kamala turns around and says, eh, "I'm going to pick Hillary Clinton as my vice president." Yeah, well, um, <laughs> I don't think I don't she really could. know. That, that's part of the yeah, amendment. She could pick her own vice president. Anybody, doesn't matter who yeah. it is. And here's the worst part. If that 25th Amendment uh, does happen, who's not to say that in about uh, six months down the road, Kamala comes down with the Kung Flu or something happens mm-hmm. and Hillary's like, you know, I don't think yeah. that she's fit to be president. I think I'm going to take over. <laughs> and then... They kick Kamala out of the house because Kamala, look, she is, for all intents and purposes, she's a unit. She's not a real person. She's mm-hmm. uh, as phony as they come. We know that the ones controlling the, the scenes 
behind the scenes have uh, yeah. wanted Hillary in power. Uh, and I think this has to do again with the evil aliens against the good aliens. She, I think, is in league with the evil aliens. And uh, Trump, I think, is in league with the good aliens, like my good yeah. friend UFO Phil used to say. Uh, the good aliens against the bad aliens. I think that really might be happening, Steve. I, I think that's what the whole Space Force was about. Uh, there's a battle in space, and these uh, people are fighting it here on the planet because either or is going to win. And I think Hillary is maybe a reptilian. What do you think? Well, I'm not sure about the reptilian, but uh, she might be a, a, a uh, um, she, she might be somebody that takes children and and chops them up and eats them. That's been the uh, allegation yeah. with that uh, that uh, frazzle drip video that's supposed to be out there. Well, they say also that she drinks the adrenochrome, uh, adrenochrome. Is that right. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. See, that's another thing. And I talked about this a few weeks back. I don't know if you've seen this, but this is really creepy shit, man. Uh, Sandra Bullock, uh, who's everybody knows her from Speed, you know, the militia yeah. man. Sandra Bullock's really cute, really hot. You know, like she's been acting since the nineties. Uh, she goes through a procedure. I don't know if you are aware of this, where they take uh, the <clears throat> the foreskin of the uh, baby peepee uh, when they yes. cut the foreskin off, and uh, they uh, blend it. I guess in a uh, one of those ninja yes. blenders type of thing. Uh, they put a lot of peepee in there, a uh, foreskin. They just blend it. <clears throat> it gets blended up, and it becomes kind of a watery, disgusting goo. And they yes. inject it or put it on the skin, and then they roll that goo with some kind of a mechanism yeah. into the skin of the face. And supposedly a lot of the celebrities have been doing that. Yeah, think about that for a second. Baby yeah. pee-pee parts on the face of celebrities. Okay, Hollywood, now you've really lost your shit. Like... <laughs> But I, I will address what you asked me about ten minutes ago about the uh, the disclosure. Um, you know, I'm a little bit torn on that uh, issue. There, I do remember seeing one of the. I don't remember what her name is now. You can probably tell me her name. She's a woman. She's on the disclosure team with uh, Stephen Greer. I did her hear her in an interview. In an interview in in the early two thousands, say that she worked Linda with Warner Von Braun. Sorry, it could be Linda Moulton Howe. No, 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 no. No, she worked at NASA. She worked at okay. NASA with um, with uh, Warner Von Braun. She did say that Warner Von Braun told her that the last war was going to be an alien invasion, and it was going to be a faked alien invasion. Mm-hmm. You know the woman I'm talking about now? Don't she's know the woman, but, but she's still alive because, man, that was a long time ago. Yes. Yes. Hmm. I don't I, I don't. I don't. know if she does interviews anymore. You can Google all the team members of uh, Stephen Greer's disclosure team, and uh, I'll tell you her name if you can find it for me. But um, I, I do want to tell you a story also. Oh. Well, before you get into that, that's funny because uh, you know who also said that that we're going to have a fake alien invasion. Uh, well, that's that's the people that uh, run the 
Well, go ahead. I'll well, yeah, you, 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 we're probably not going to go in the same direction here. Uh, the late William Cooper, the author of Behold yes. the Pale Horse, he wrote yes. in the book that there's going to be a fake alien invasion, and that's how the New World Order is going to take over. Folks, yes. <laughs> we're, I think, coming up to that. Yes. But in this dream I have, I had, I've only had it once. Uh, me and uh, quite a few other people are out in a park just doing what people do in a park, you know. We talk, walk the dogs, play with the kids. I was talking to another man. I don't, you know, I couldn't even tell you what the conversation was, but all of a sudden, out of the sky comes an alien invasion. But it's not only aliens that are firing upon everybody. It's also human. It's also a human co- coalition, along with the aliens firing upon people, just blasting people away. And me and this other man, we start to run, and other people are running, and uh, they're blowing these people away with with the uh, whatever kind of technology they have. And uh, of course, me and this other man get away because it's 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 my dream. And I made it up the way I wanted to. But <laughs> no, yes, I, just, in your dream, you're, you're wearing a cape and you've got superpowers. I, I feel the same way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's I can right. fly in my dreams. I can barely walk in real life, but I can fly in my dreams. Uh, you know, it's funny because if you read the book and uh, you uh, check out the uh, the actual events that happened to Travis, going back to uh, the Walton experience, uh, he was remember uh, when he, when he came to he was inside a ship after being you know blasted by whatever energy hit him and yes. what he saw were originally first uh, the little gray guys as he des- uh, described them and then he was led into a room a hallway and after that he of course uh, came across uh, some uh, you know uh, what he thought what he thought was control mechanisms from some kind and then he saw a face of a human. Yes. And these humanoids, they were very human-like, like the Nordics in the Bible, or, you know, not super tall, but, uh, yes. you know, like random white folks, basically, in spacesuits. Yes. And uh, he said that he felt uh, at calm because it, it looked like basically normal humans uh, had come to rescue him. He thought maybe the military had gone there and they were wearing some kind of suit for protection. He didn't know what was going on. And you know, when I had him on originally, that was uh, part of uh, what he told me when he was you know, uh, being interviewed, that the movie got completely wrong because they didn't show that in the movie. And I think that is something that was cut out because it was too real. Yeah. And I think that's what exactly is going on. I think there is a kind of a human-alien cross-experiment, maybe not indigenous to this planet, because, you know, the Bible says they made us in their image, in their likeness. Well, who the heck is they? Yeah, you certainly must must remember the movie Prometheus that came out about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, of course. That was the prequel ago, to uh, Alien. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes. Yep. Well, uh, um, I think I think that sort of a scenario... Another movie that came out, too, it's been quite a few years back, with uh, Gary Sinise, uh, Mission to Mars. I think that's what that was. That's another one, yeah. I, 
Yes, I think those two scenarios, those two movies have a lot more truth into them as far as disclosure and than what the fantasy that they're trying to trying to portray. Um, there was a man, he's uh, deceased now, his name was Zacharias Sitchin. I'm sure you yeah. recognize that name, correct? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The 12th Planet, New Beetle. Yeah. yeah. From, from his... Planet X. From his, um, from his interpretations of the Dead Sea Scrolls, he believes that there was at least... We, we, we today are the at least the number th- third, if not the number fourth, try of a, a human species going back, well, millions and millions of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think... I think a lot of that could be true. I I think um, you know there there could be an older or older societies, older human societies that that are using all of these technologies and have had them for tens of thousands of years, if if not millions of years. And these other societies could be in control. The way I believe. Oh, I'll go a step further. Uh... You know, we know for a fact there's been other humans, uh, at least humanoid beings on this planet, Neanderthal men. Yes. We, we know they existed. Uh, in fact, uh, here's a kicker. Uh, the Bible, of course, speaks of Adam and Eve, right? And I'm going to get a little biblical here on you guys. Uh, Adam and Eve, man and woman, created in their image, yes. their likeness, right? Adam and Eve had two boys, Cain and Abel, right? Yes. So far, we're on the same page. Cain and Abel, one kills the other, because, you know, Cain yeah. was uh, more dominant than Abel, and, well, right. one had to go. Where do we get all these societies at? <laughs> Where do well, we get all these people from? If there was here's, only the, one, here's the one kicker. Boy. The Bible says that uh, <laughs> the gods, uh, the children of the gods, went and made it yes. with the women of men that were on the planet. Yes. Who is not to say that Cain, Adam, and Eve, when they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, did not go out and start mating with the locals, which were Neanderthal. And this is what happened to the Neanderthal species, that eventually enough humans were being released from this uh, so-called garden, which was really just a hybrid uh, concentration uh, scientific laboratory. And uh, and they were released to mate with humanity as they was there as Neanderthal. And uh, they created the Homo sapiens species by allowing them to mate naturally and and let you know just uh you know evolution take its course and the dominant species were the human uh hybrid that came out of this uh, yes. marriage and now that started seeding the planet and of course uh you know over what uh, maybe a million two million years neanderthal completely went and it's extinct uh maybe there was a catastrophe on the planet that the aliens had to leave uh, maybe they were not aliens, but maybe they're from the inner world, and they're constantly yeah. trying to improve the genetics of humans. I mean, there's a lot of uh, places that we can go. I mean, uh, you know, Dennis Crenshaw, who I haven't spoken to in a few months, is a good friend of mine. Uh, he, of course, is from the uh, Hollow Earth Insider and uh, Unraveling the Secrets. And we've had this yeah. conversation many, many, many times about... Uh, you know, the possibility that the, the Earth is inhabited from within. 
and that yep. is highly possible. It doesn't mean that the Earth is hollow. I don't, I don't exactly subscribe to that theory, but I do think there's a possibility that there could be pockets within the Earth that inhabits there's, a lot of life. There, there is a, there's a tribe in the in the Southwest. I don't remember which one it was now. Um, some of their historical teachings tell tell that there were beings that they called ant people that that helped right. them live through the the biblical flood Noah's yep. flood and uh their their name for these ant people was Anunnaki yeah now uh, what do the great atheists look like not to you? really <laughs> i i don't think that's actually a coincidence or 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 a mistake yeah really well, here's the, I mean, they can call them Anunnaki, but here's the thing. Uh, you know, when you look at the Sumerian, the, the depiction of the Anunnaki is not exactly like the ant people. Uh, but, you know, if we're talking about beings that are working in conjunction with each other, uh, it's a very good possibility that there's a, a worker race that might work with a higher being of the yes. of planet Nibiru, uh, like a slave race, perhaps. And they are the ant people or the greys that we see yes. now a lot in media. Uh, because, again, look at the big, bold, uh, bulging eyes, the the bald head. They look like ants, like grey ants. Yeah. Some would say like uh, well, there's a, praying mantis. There's a species that, yes, I was just going to say there's a species that looks like a praying mantis, too. Yeah, I mean, that's another one. So, I mean, who's not to say that they did not bring these uh, beings with them and use them as uh, part of the the slave culture that helped, uh, you know, coordinate the beings and are still running the experiments much after they left. Because, look, if Nibiru was a real planet that came around every 3,600 years, like Sitchin theorized, then, it you know, it leads to believe that if these beings are from that planet, uh, they would mm-hmm. leave, and they would, you know, leave some behind. But for the most part, not all of them, I'm sure, are going to want to stay. So they'll leave their minions to do the work for them. So when they come back around, they can, you know, can, you know, just see we check up what what's going on. I think that might be what's happening. Maybe they're on their way back, and uh, the minions have been doing their uh, their thing for the last uh, hundred years, getting us conditioned through media, through abductions, through. Of the language that has changed. Because remember, 500 years ago, nobody on the planet even understood what the term alien or UFO was. It didn't exist. So, what what would people report? Uh, Goblins, you know, uh, leprechauns, creatures. Well, they said, they would say something like uh, whomever was. not really transported, but uh, lifted lifted towards the heaven by God. That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Ascended Tower to, of Babel, for example. Why, why did we build the Tower of Babel? Ascended to heaven. That was a better uh, phrase I was looking for. It, it's the same uh, thing. Yeah, I mean, right now we 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 look at some of the abduction, and uh, we see some people say, "Yeah, there was uh, a light that carried us into the sky," and we. We're taking on board some ship. Uh, that sounds like the same thing. Yes, it does. Yeah, I think I mean, that's where. Uh, isn't that where? Isn't that where? Isn't that where? Uh, Abandonican got his chariots of the gods. 
That's well, yeah. He based it off that the chariots of the gods, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like the term gods and god uh, is very uh, comical in a sense because we're not talking about literally the god that created the entire shebang, okay? Right. We're talking about beings from maybe this uh, exact dimension that live on other planets, maybe they live within our planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they are, you know, uh, from a different dimension, but not the God, but they're playing God. Just like we could play God right now. We create life all the time when we hybrid something. Uh, the Liger, for example, the, the cross between yes. the lion and the tiger. We created that. That means we were playing God in the laboratory. Okay. We created an animal. Or, you know, we, yes. we, we said they can't technically mate, but let's genetically speak splice them together and see what happens. They created the Liger. How do you think dogs got created? We bred dogs. They didn't exist. We made dogs into reality. So, and we didn't even use science. We just said, all right, uh, we'll get a wolf and a fox, have them go uh, do their thing, and uh, we'll see what comes out of it. Yes. (laughs) And that's, you know, they didn't have laboratories back three, four, five hundred years ago, a thousand years ago. 10,000 years ago. I mean, what, dogs have been around since what? Well, think about this, though, Angel. You know, the the Bible does say that uh, God told Noah to, to build the ark and, and bring one of each animal right. into the ark. Well, the Bible also tells the dimensions of the ark, and it would be virtually, physically impossible to put one of each animal on an ark. But if you had the DNA of a male and a female of each animal, you could put it on that size of an arc. It would be virtually a, a, a uh, DNA arc instead of a, a animal vessel. Think well, yeah, that. I mean, that would make more sense. Uh, it's like, the, I don't know if you ever saw the cartoon Titan AE. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. No, oh, you really have to check that. It's a cartoon, but you have to check it out. It's really, really brilliant. It's uh, animated in uh, not traditional uh, animation. It's more like, you know, CGI animation. Uh, But it is a fabulous futuristic movie. And it stars our favorite, Matt Damon. <laughs> he does the voice of the of the main character, but it's really good. Yeah. Even even though it's Matt Damon, he, he's always like lost somewhere. You notice that in this movie, he's always like left somewhere, lost by himself, and he's got to be rescued. You like, talking about the board, the board, <laughs> yeah. the board guy. Yeah, <laughs> he, every movie he's lost. I mean, like uh, we have to rescue God, Matt Damon. I, every movie. How did I kill? How did I kill those six men? <laughs> I don't, I don't know it. how I did that. <laughs> it's boggling the mind. But anyway, in Titan AE, uh, the whole purpose is that the planet's going to, like, shit, niche, niche. You know, it's going to poo-poo, like the way it's happening now. <laughs> and it's a point of no return. And what they did is they created this ship that has all the DNA of every species that ever lived on the planet. And it's going into deep space to find a perfect habitable zone. And the mm. ship is geared to become another world. The technology yeah. was found on how they could actually grow that ship and create another planet on a habitable zone and use all the DNA that's in there to create 
and recreate life as we had it here on Earth. So it's really the, the Titan AE, the AE is after Earth. And it's ah. a brilliantly, you know, a scripted movie. For a cartoon, it's mind-boggling how well thought out this movie is. Uh, it, it's one of those things, I guess, when they made it, you know, technology wasn't yet pushing to the point where they could probably do a lot of this stuff in live action. Because there's a little bit of mixing and blending of the way the CGI and the animation is done. Where you could get away with it when it was done, what, I think it was like 15 years ago or something like that. Uh, which now be a lot easier since we've technologically come a lot more advanced than in the CGI world. Uh, but, uh, you know, for its time period, uh, it might be a little bit longer than 15, maybe even 20 years ago. Uh, but for when it came out, it was a really, really well-scripted movie. And it's one of those underrated films that people just overlook for some reason. I think it's because it's animation. But it, when you study the, like, the logic behind it, we're going to probably have to do that one day. And uh, who's not to say that didn't happen already here? And that's how we got here. Mm, yeah. Maybe Titan BC or BE before Earth, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the governments all over the world and the, the control system are trying to, well, they allege that there are 7.7 billion people on the planet today. Uh, um, they also allege that by the time 2030 rolls around, there's going to be 9 billion people if they don't do something about it, like Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci and uh, some of their ilk. Yeah. But I've uh, talked to other people, and a lot of people out there do believe that the actual number is probably closer between four and a half and five billion people. Um, it's already been statistically proven that all of the Earth, every, everybody on the planet, whether it's 7.7 billion people or four and a half billion people, everyone could comfortably live in the state of Texas with one anchor of land. You know, uh, Alaska is even bigger than Texas. Um, somebody could probably, uh, we could probably have two acres of land if there was 7.7 .7 billion people in Alaska. And we could still live comfortably. We wouldn't be crowded like the, like people are in big cities. You know, I, I nobody can pay me enough money to live in a big city. I live in a small town. It's about 12,000 people. Um, I used to joke, and a lot of people joked. Oh, man, I hate this little town. Um, and you'd ask why. It's, well, it's it's so small. But now, a couple of years back, I uh, posted on Facebook. It's just, I love this town now. And somebody will ask why. Because, well, because it's so small. And that's the way I feel about it. I, I, I don't... The more I get along with a lot of people, the more I meet a lot of people, you know, the more I want to go out in the woods, Angel, and just live off the land. Yeah, it happens to uh, me, too. Let me tell you, the more, the older I get, the the more I reject the fact that I live in Miami. And I'm like, you know, I wish I lived somewhere 
uh, just uh, completely away from the, the way society is done here. And it scares me because it, if something happens, Steve, and let's say uh, there's a, a big war or something, or something hits the ocean, I mean, Florida is, you know, a hurricane away from being destroyed. Uh, yeah. I mean, just that alone, it's scary. And I live really near the Keys. So, you know. One tsunami away from, you know, one tsunami away from how many people being washed away? Yeah. 20 million? Yeah. 30 million? Yeah. Think about that. Well, just look at the entire East Coast. One tsunami away from killing probably 100 million people. Washing away 100 million people. One single tsunami. Mm hmm. No, I feel it. I mean, like I said, I live about uh, 30, 40 minutes from the Keys. Mm -hmm. I'm right there. So one yeah. good tsunami and uh, my entire neighborhood's gone. Yeah. I saw it happen. I saw it with Hurricane Andrew in 92 where a lot of Miami just got wiped out. And I, I was amazed back then. And uh, we were able to recover, thankfully, but... Um, I don't know if that recovery will be as swift if something really major happens that takes out uh, Andrew, all of South Florida. That was in what? That was in 2001, wasn't it? No, that was in, Andrew was in 1992. Oh, it's been that long ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. Time flies when you're not having any fun. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, I delivered... Um, two or three travel trailers down there because FEMA had, had, had set up places all over the place down in there to, for, for the, I have the, the, the single largest RV manufacturing, uh, facilities, many, many companies, over 200 of them within a 30 mile radius of me. And uh, they got a lot of contracts for a lot of the uh, hurricanes down there. A lot of people's homes were destroyed and washed away. And uh, yep. they had to live in tra travel trailers for a while and until they got their homes rebuilt, you know? Yeah. Trust um, me, I know. I know my uh, my brother's uh, apartment is the entire roof came down on him. And uh, yeah. we, we saw so many uh, homes just destroyed businesses, RVs. Uh, I, I mean, I remember uh, spending Andrew uh, in FIU, uh, yeah. the International University, for those who don't know what FIU is. And uh, we had, um, you know, we were all terrified because we, you know, I'd never gone through a major hurricane before. My family was terrified, but we were all there just uh, watching everything happen. And I was, uh, you know, I was a kid. I was kind of curious. So I went and opened the doors uh, to go outside and to kind of see it, you know, really uh, experience it. Uh, little did I know that was a bad idea because I could have just been flown away into the wind. Uh, but yeah. luckily that didn't happen. I, I opened the door, and as soon as I opened the door, and mind you, we're on the second or third floor. I can't remember if it was the second or third floor. But it, was, it wasn't the first floor. And I opened up the door to go outside for like a few minutes. And the first thing I see is a car flying in front of me. I'm like, oh, look at that. That <laughs> car just flipped over and just flew right in front of me. I, I, right. I never thought I'd see that. I saw benches just flying all over the place. 
Uh, I mean, it was a scary moment. I mean, if you think about it, you, you talk about the Bible and we go back to religion, we see all the tales of the floods and everything that happened to these people and how they all wrote about, you know, these tremendous floods. And really, they're experiencing just what we experience now. It's just they didn't have the Internet or the TV or the media to explain it. There's a big storm coming. Be careful. And, and and they all wrote about it as this major catastrophe because that's kind of all they knew. And one of these things came by and completely wiped out villages. Why? Because yes. these were uh, these are places that were not exactly built to scale. I mean, they didn't have Trump doing the uh, the architecture, you know, back then. Yep. So you know, yep. wasn't the sturdiest of things. Unless you had a pyramid, you probably were kind of uh, yeah. screwed. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't have a clue what's supposed to be coming, but um, one of the networks I'm on is over there in Ireland, as you know. Um, we had a former host. He had uh, left the network, and he had been away maybe a year and a half. And he messaged me on Skype, and he uh, said he wanted to talk. So, so he called me. We talked for about half hour, forty five minutes, and. What what he ended up doing was he pretty much left society and he went to study to be a shaman. Um, I don't really know what which uh, uh, practice it was, but I know that there's plenty of shamans and all the practices or whatever. But he called me 18 months later and, and he said, uh, "Stephen, you need to get out of America. There's something very dark coming." And he didn't really know what the dark, what the darkness was, but he couldn't explain it. All he all he knew that he could see it in his visions, and I've heard this from other people too. That was around. That was around early 2015 when he called. Um, you know, within a year. To a year and a half is when we started dealing with all of this stuff that we're dealing with. Yep. And he's absolutely right. I mean, Steve, look, I'm going to play an audio clip, but I want you to listen to this. Um, okay. it's, it's short, but I want you to, I want to get your input on it uh, because this is the darkness I think that we're seeing. And I think he's absolutely right. I think that there is a darkness that's happening in this country. Uh, you know, Art Bell talked about something very similar when he said the veil was dropping in. I think what he meant by that wasn't just uh, an interdimensional or otherworldly thing. I think there is an evil yeah. uh, that is dropping in. And that is, you know, something that is taking over not just this country but the planet. We're seeing destruction of people's lives, buildings, uh, evil language uh, constantly everywhere. I mean, where have you ever heard something like this, for example? The hate he has triggered, the Pandora's box he has opened, they will not be so easily destroyed. So, let us brace ourselves. The task is twofold. 
The terrorist Trump must be defeated, must be destroyed, must be devoured at the ballot box. And then he and his enablers and his supporters and his collaborators and the Mike Lees and the William Barrs and the Sean Hannity's and the Mike Pence's and the Rudy Giuliani's and the Kyle Rittenhouse's and the Amy Coney Barrett's must be prosecuted and convicted and removed from our society while we try to rebuild it and to rebuild the world Trump has nearly destroyed by turning it over to a virus. Remember it, even as we dream of a return to reality and safety and the country for which our forefathers died, that the fight is not just to win an election, but to win it by enough to chase, at least for a moment, Trump and the maggots off the stage and then try to clean up what they left. Remember it, even though to remember it, means remembering that the fight does not end November 3rd, but in many ways will only begin. Now, Who is to that? me, that's a threat. That's Keith Olbermann, and I played that earlier, and I want uh, you to hear it. Uh, because not only is he making a threat at the end, because it doesn't just end on November 3rd, he said it, it's only the beginning. That's a major threat to begin with. Second well, of they've all... Already, they've already threatened. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been happening. It's a pattern. Whether, yeah, whether Michelle Obama did it. Whether they win or lose, they're going to burn America. Yeah. They're going to burn this country. They're going to write. Um, it's going to be like the late 60s again. I mean, that's that's virtually what they want. They Worse. want the late 60s, the, the rioting and the, the mass hysteria. That's virtually what they want. Oh, this this is even worse than the '60s. I mean, this is uh, going back again to the Hitler-esque uh, days, where they remove every everything that we have known as a, a normal society, and they flip yeah. it on its head. And then what they do? They take away your rights. They go in sure. and take away your freedoms. They go in and d- destroy the the economy. They go in and destroy your privileges. Your, your ability to go and do anything without the government being in everything and up your ass. Just think about that. I'll, if you think it's bad I'll now, it's going to get worse. All, all communist nations have. That's what they've done. First they've uh, disarmed the nation. First they've disarmed the nation, and then they've di- destroyed the nation. Yeah. yeah. You, can't, you can't destroy a nation without disarming it first. <laughs> That's is, that's, a, mean, that's why they that's why they want to remove this, the amendment. That's why they want to get rid of guns. Yeah. You just you, yeah you you, well, you unarm the population and they're yours. They're they're led yeah. to the slaughter the F- easily. You know the FBI virtually has no clue how many guns here are here in America. They actually theorize legal guns. This is legal guns, not even illegal ones. They actually theorized between 85 and 90 million legal gun owners with between 350 and 400 million guns. That's a lot of guns and a lot of gun owners, a lot of good old boys. Yeah. That don't really want this shit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Not the, speaking, of good old boys, speaking of good old boys, the, you know, in, in that clip, I don't know if you heard the name, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, which yes. is yes, the teenager from Kunisha who, uh, you know, this is the the most idiotic thing. They're making this kid out to be like an evil KKK neo Nazi, and we've talked about this in private, and we and I've dealt with this before on the show. This is part of that evil, uh, where they're literally defending one of the guys who got shot, who was a racist, 
who was a child molester, had actually five cases of pedophilia where he raped children under the age of 13, okay? He was a bad guy. This guy was chasing an underage kid who was there to help the community with a bunch of other schoolmates. They were there to help keep the calm. They were, like, uh, cleaning graffiti earlier. He was uh, he was trained as a paramedic. People are like, well, why do you have a gun? Well, you idiot. Other people were there with guns. You think he's not going to be smart enough to have some protection if he's going to go and do something like that? Now they're like, well, what was there to begin with? Well, uh, you know, why were the rioters there to begin with? Why were the yeah. looters there to begin with? You know, he's there because he's a kid who, you know, in his heart he feels like this is something he wanted to do. He had worked for paramedics in the past. He had been training with paramedics. He's into law enforcement. By all accounts, a good, decent kid. But because he does something right, it flips on him. These people were chasing him. They were trying to kill him. He defended himself. Now, all of a sudden, is a neo-Nazi. And the guy he killed was a racist child molester. And they're making this uh, other guy, Rosenbaum, to be a hero. Yeah. One of the guys. That's the society we're in. It's crazy. One of the guys was an abuser. Beat beat all of his girlfriends and his wife or something like that. Yeah. Was it one of the... yeah, that was the, the that was the other guy who died, and then there was the guy who got his arm almost blown off, who also had a criminal record, long history of criminal activity, and he said that he wished he would have killed Kyle, and yet mm-hmm. they're they're talking about this guy like he's some kind of a martyr. Are you kidding me? These are criminals who went out to kill a seventeen-year-old who's there voluntarily trying to help. In fact, earlier in some of the footage. They actually shows them helping a member of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And he was helping them because they got injured. So he wasn't trying to play any race card or any part of the, the scenery. He was there on some legit, just innocent, helping the community and trying to make sure people didn't hurt themselves. And now he's in some deep waters. And I hope that, you know, they, they completely expunge his record and he gets... Uh, you know, charges dropped, and he's able to exonerated. sue a lot of these people. Yeah, exonerated. But it, it, you know, uh, the, the most important thing is that I hope that he goes and sues some of these people that are completely just trying to destroy his name, like Nick Swartman or Sandman or whatever that other kid's name is, who was a Trump supporter. Uh, I mean, he cashed in a couple hundred million dollars, pretty good for being uh, called the rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he. Um, I think it was CNN who uh, settled out of court with him or something for like a couple hundred million. Oh, the young guy that, that stood in front of the Indian. Is that what right. I'm talking about? That's the one, yeah. Okay. Nick uh, Sandman or Swordman or uh, Samson? Yeah, something I don't like know. That, yeah. yeah. Swappy, sloppy, slappity, slippery. Did he get a pretty uh, big settlement from them? Oh, man. It was beautiful. I mean, that kid's done for life. I mean, he's good. <laughs> Unless, of course, you know, they destroy the U.S. dollar, and then it's, you know, worthless, and he's back to the poorhouse. Well, I, I got a feeling that that's not going to be if, it's when. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, sad but true. Listen, I'm almost out of time here, and uh, I thank you uh, for being on here with me. And uh, last minute, read the last minute. Uh, you're always a gracious human being for uh, doing your, uh, your part here. And uh, also... Thank you in person or live on uh, Skype uh, on the show 
for becoming a Patreon of ours here and uh, joining well, the Patreon welcome. page. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're an Area 53 supporter now, and that is high up there, guys. You're deep in the jungle, in the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> no, it, it means a lot. And, uh, of course, I'm trying to uh, you know get that as known as possible to all the uh, listeners uh, who are both listening live and on the podcast. Uh, again, uh, it's uh, easy to find on angelospino.com. If you notice, I put on the right-hand side on the very top of Patreon uh, icon yeah. on there, so easy to click on. But I meant it from the bottom of the heart. Thank you for joining the Patreon. It means a lot to me. Well, I do have to tell you one thing. I do know for a fact uh, there's a there's a group out there called BBS Radio. Mm-hmm. And there's another group out there, too. Uh, it's been about four years back. I was I was on both of the networks. It was a hundred dollars a month, and I I only had four hours a month, one hour a week. That's all, you know. I allegedly they had thousands and thousands of listeners, but you know it got to be too taxing and it got to be too much, so I had to drop both of the networks. Uh, you know. I've always been, I've always been glad to be on on your network since I've yeah. since I've been there. And we've always uh, loved having you, know. you on, and yeah, and uh, you've been on now for on PSN for a while too. You've been one of our our, our almost long seven lasting years, hosts. Think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost going on a decade years. pretty soon, huh? Look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Time I flies. appreciate you coming uh, asking me on. <laughs> Now, uh, are you going to be able to do anything live coming up uh, here uh, soon? What's going on with your show? Uh, tell the audience how uh, the hours and when they can listen to you. Well, I'm only on one hour a week, uh, Tuesdays. Actually, sorry, two hours from Tuesdays yes, from I was gonna say. four to six Eastern. <laughs> four to six Eastern. I got a couple of very good guests on. One's a Canadian. Um, Ron Stevens, and the other is uh, an American, uh, Roger Landry. Roger yep. Landry has uh, the Liberty Beacon Network, and uh, he's a good guy. Both of them are actually very good guys, and they all have their own uh, shows, and I'm going to talk to them on Tuesday. So, Well, hopefully uh, it goes well, and I'll be listening in. And, uh, you know, for anybody who uh, wants to uh, check out that, please bookmark it. Tuesday and uh, be there for our good friend here, Steve Roberts, uh, who again is a very lovely human being and uh, does not sound like Sonia at all. <laughs> and I don't look like her either. I'll bet. No, no, no. But shout outs to her. I mean, she was uh, you know gracious enough to let me know about twenty minutes after the show. Would have been nice to know sooner, but uh, she couldn't make it on. But uh, again, thank you for being here. And uh, we have the ever so lovely himself, Kaiser, with Kaiser Talk Radio coming up. He's going to beat me up for saying that, by the way. He's oh, gonna, right. he, I, I think I'm about to get shot tonight for saying he's very lovely because I don't think that's up his alley. <laughs> All right. But uh, th- thank you, my friend, and uh, we'll we'll be talking again soon to uh, get you back on here as we creep up to this terrible election coming up on November third, which could either spell disaster or well, maybe make America great again, again, or maybe we're gonna see the aliens finally come down like Steve Bassett told us a few weeks ago, or 
maybe, just maybe, it's all a bunch of nonsense. And nothing's going to happen, and Trump will win, and the world will go back to normal, mm-hmm. and Nancy Pelosi will go to prison, which will be the best thing ever possible. Ah, uh, if life could only be so good. Well, we could have a Nancy Pelosi in prison. Well, we could have a Adam Shift in prison. Well, we could have normal human interaction again. We could have a society free of stupidity and a nation that gets along and no more riots and looting. And aliens, yeah, they can come down, but don't be scary. We don't need you to scare the pants out of everybody. Uh, you know, I think that what Travis and I spoke about a long time ago where they possibly didn't want to hurt him or kill him, but they took him because they had accidentally hurt him. And maybe, just maybe, they're not bad guys after all out there and they're looking out for us. And maybe, just maybe, as Steve Bassett said, we will get disclosure. And maybe, just maybe, we'll all open our eyes and have an open mind, like my good friend Alejandro Rojas says on Open Minds uh, Radio and TV. And maybe, just maybe... The world would be a better place come 2021 because 2020 has been the pits. Jesus. But look, guys, uh, we have a lot of uh, show coming up here. Again, Kaiser's Talk Radio and uh, the great Lionheart himself, Mitchell Nicholas Gerber, with Unleashed Truth Radio coming up after that. Uh, Until then, I want to say thank you all for listening in, being part of the show, and tuning in every single week. I'm going to be back on on. Thursday at 10 p.m. this uh, week and again next Sunday with the great Michael Heston Roger. Uh, Rogers, who uh, again was one of the gentlemen in the crew that was uh, working alongside with Travis Walton. And today, later on, coming up, well, in a minute, in about a minute, it'll be later on. I will be uh, joining him at 11 uh, for a recording on his show, which I'm very excited to be a part of. So, guys, until then, stick around. There's going to be more on the network coming up with Kaiser in a few minutes. So, this is Inside the Jackal's Head. I am Angel Espino, and I bid you all good evening, farewell, good night, as did as they, and please... Stay safe, stay sound, COVID-free, and come back on Thursday night and listen to more of me. Talk to you then, folks.